1: Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host Harrison Starr. Joined as always by Ben Ross, Mr. Harmon Chillabrew himself. What is popping, my man?
0: The oh my god, blood vessels are popping right now in in my forehead and my brain because I am as mad online as I've ever been in my entire life.
1: Yeah, that's Initially, we, we talked Saturday, immediately after the game, and our my takeaway was just utter disbelief, and we briefly discussed the Sean Clifford storyline, and it has truly taken on a life of its own, and we're just going to get straight into it, because I know you have thoughts on it, I know I have thoughts on it, it's probably going to overlap a little bit, and I, I hesitate to devote... An, the opening of an Iowa Hawkeye podcast to the opposing storyline, but it just, it feels like it needs to be countered. It, well, no, first of
0: all, <clears throat> we're dedicating the first portion of the podcast to us beating the number 14 in the country. Let's get that Thank out you. of the way. We are Thank not, you. that. that is what is, that is the straw that is turning the drink of this podcast. <laughs> so in no way are we letting... Penn State live rent free in our head. No way are we playing the role of Iowa State letting a loss to Iowa for the fifth year in a row, sixth year in a row. Excuse me. <laughs> allow them to dictate how they live the rest of their lives for the next 364 days. I'm just. I first. I want to go back and let me start by saying I re-listened to the the after party we did. We should start calling it the after potty. By the way. Oh, there um, we go. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> we'll get to do that again though. And. uh I, I said I, I said there is no doubt in my mind that Iowa would lose that game had Clifford stayed healthy for four quarters. I take that back. Not not out of spite, but out of me. I've I, I rewatched this game twice now, so I've seen it three whole times. And I, I forget. I mean, I even for, it's easy to forget in the heat of the moment we recorded that podcast five minutes after the game ended. The score was seventeen ten when Taekwond Robertson got got his first series, you know. It was easy for me to assume it was seventeen three or just not, you know, misremember alternative history sort of with that happening. So <clears throat> Penn State fans saying it was seventeen three when Clifford got knocked out, sure. But it was seventeen it would have been seventeen ten when he gets the ball back
1: anyway, if he was healthy. Technically he got knocked out at fourteen three, if we're gonna parse this. Right? I mean, that's that's part of it. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I mean, Penn State fans are –
0: they're in a never-ending battle with uh, declaring war on truth and (laughs) things that they see with their own two eyes. And it is – I hate it because it's kind of like you see on Twitter these days or especially, you know, leading up to November 2020 of the, you know, thread emoji in Twitter talking about this and that. And, and it's, they always say, oh, you don't want to give these anti these people and alternative these, those people, the platform and like actually debunking their facts is actually making their argument even stronger, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, I have an entire fucking legal pad here. Yes. Of me breaking down every, I feel like the Pepe Silvia meme, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, just totally <laughs> dismantling all their arguments on how Iowa is the worst things ever happened to college football, even though in reality Penn State is the worst things ever happened to college football, inarguably for what happened there. And I don't even want to bring that into the conversation, but you know.
1: Yes. We we do not need to discuss that. That now is not the time or place. And so, that's
0: irrelevant. That is totally completely irrelevant to it how I. Let me make that clear.
1: It is. I, I. I want to start with just the the first piece that is asinine, and this has been discussed, not necessarily ad nauseum in the comments, but enough in the comments that it warrants calling out the comments. They're just assuming they get all of good Sean Clifford, not the guy who threw two interceptions on their first three possessions. No, you get you get the good Sean Clifford, and that that to me I think is is the first piece of the pie that's just utterly absurd. Or and Sean Clifford's
0: record as a starter last year.
1: Right. Uh, what like, was it? <laughs> two and four, I think, actually, yeah. technically. Yeah. Something like that. And, and he played fine in Iowa City two years ago, but but I guess... So, so the Sean Clifford piece is the one. And then the second piece building on that is when a game plan is built so strictly around a single player's talents like it was Sean Clifford, you have to build into the game plan the protection of that player. And that is something that we have enough history with Iowa where they put hits on quarterbacks in a way that makes it hard for them to continue games. And now I think the guy who was not necessarily notorious for it but most prolific in doing that was AJ Epinesa. but Iowa was going to get their hits on Sean Clifford whether that meant oh he's going to have a stat line in aggregate that he he and Robinson put to Rob Robertson put together or if he was just going to play poorly to to me it, it's just utterly absurd to think oh Sean Clifford's going to play great from here on out and he's going to be protected as he was, um, so so those are the the two pieces that frustrate me the most as I, as I think about the aftermath that this game has kind of taken hold because it, it's not necessarily marred the win by any means, but it's definitely a oh it'll always be mentioned in terms of h- how Iowa um, won the game. But I, I want to continue hearing what what you have to say about about Sean Clifford because you I'm just going for my head, freewheeling it. You've got. The notes, you are uh, Charlie Day in always sunny in Philadelphia. Let's do it. I agree with everything you said about, oh, well, you should game plan.
0: <clears throat> if he's so important, you should game plan around pre- protecting him. However, I don't like that argument. I don't think, you know, I, I think, you know, it's football. I do think you, you didn't bring up, but you're thinking, you know, how many quarterbacks is Iowa put on the bench this season? Like five, right? Four or five. And so maybe it, in a vacuum, Yes. Penn State probably should have realized, hey, we should maybe protect Clifford a little bit better. But also, you know, we hate saying this, but that's football. But 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 here's here's why I'm mad because <laughs> obviously Tyquan Robertson was not Sean Clifford. But you know what he was? He was a four-star quarterback recruit. Do you know Do you know how many
1: four-star quarterback recruits Iowa has had in the past eleven years? I think Joey Labis is the highest-rated. I will recruit. I looked on 24-7. But zero, right? Zero, zero. zero
0: is the answer to my question. So <laughs> they just all of a sudden go out there and are like, oh, we've got a walk-on true freshman playing quarterback is how they're acting. Uh, and, and not a guy who was redshirted last year. So he's been in the program for two years already. So he's just not some freaking bum that is doing a complete and total disservice to, to this team. And here's where I'm most mad. Do you know who's winning games with a backup quarterback right now, Harrison? Who? Texas A&M just knocked off Alabama with a backup quarterback. Oklahoma just knocked off Texas with a backup quarterback. Georgia is playing. They're playing with a former walk-on. The number one team in the country is playing with a former walk-on. Um, and these are backup quarterback. Backing up a five-star JT Daniels who I don't even know. They're, they're not even playing JT Daniels because their backup walk-on is playing so well. Um, and finally, finally, do you know who's six and zero with a backup quarterback right now? Harrison, Kentucky, and do you know who their backup, their current starting quarterback is? Is Penn State's yes. former backup Will us a transfer? So, <laughs> don't cry me your crocodile tears about backup this and backup that. Where and here's and I think what I just laid out is the strongest argument. But yes. here is the second tier of my argument: is <laughs> let's say Spencer Petris gets knocked out for the game. And Iowa loses. We're not blaming the loss on Petrus getting knocked out. Is there a single player on this Iowa team, top to bottom? If he got knocked out at the same time that Clifford got knocked out, we would blame the loss on his absence for three quarters of the game?
1: I can't think of one. Not, maybe, 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 maybe Linderbaum. I was going to say maybe Jack Campbell. Okay. And
0: like. That's it. That's where the list ends. And I think, I mean, I think blaming the loss on, uh, for, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to drag you, but blaming a loss on a center being hurt, I think, is kind of ridiculous. So
1: I'll it, it would make be, make but I, I mean, with Iowa, Toy <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, Troy
0: Taylor, honestly, yes, honestly, yes. I mean, that's the only player you could think of, and I am just so blown away by the absolute ignorance and the hot takes I'm seeing from Penn state. I'm so disappointed in the SB nation network, not (laughs) doing a better job of moderating the comments on black shoe diaries. It is just absolute insanity. And, you know, I don't even know what else to make of it.
1: I think the, the best angle, and this was something I was actually thinking about while I was walking my dog earlier was, the Texas A&M quarterback, I, I can't even remember K- Kalezo or...
0: Zach Calzada is his name.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I knew there was a Z and a couple A's and a D in there. Um, I think it was Alex Kirshner tweeted, what makes college football great is that guy is going to be working some office job in <laughs> in four to five years, and he will—he will he will find every single Aggie-owned business in the metropolitan area with which he's working, and he will eat free meals off of that single, that game. And I understand that Roberson is a freshman, been in there a little bit, but coming in hot, my dad, he mentioned it felt like Iowa's fans smelled blood when he was in there, and he was in that tight end zone with the the, the North end zone. And and I think it traps noise better than it used to because it's a little higher and it's asking a lot of that kid, but there is so, there's so much more that could have gone right. And I, I do have a couple stats because I, I think football is, it's just very easy to be like, what happened in these 20 minutes is what's going to happen. The final 40. Well, Iowa, Against uh, Penn State, conveniently enough, scored seven points in uh, the first three quarters of the game in 2017, before they scored 12 in the fourth quarter to go ahead 19 to 15. Now we know how that ended up, but it's not the idea that Iowa was going to let this one get away from them is asinine. It is asinine. It goes against twenty-seven games of data where Iowa has not allowed an opponent to score twenty-five points or more, um, and it, uh, you know, just goes against every. It, it goes against Sean Clifford's history with interceptions, Iowa's history with interceptions, etc. And then I look, I look back, and the the game against uh, Iowa that Sean Clifford played in Iowa City again. 12 of 24, 11 of 17. As you like to say, who's to say he just doesn't turn into a pumpkin the, ne- the next 40 minutes? He was a pumpkin uh, four years ago, and it offers no credit to, one, Iowa's defense and special teams because it just posits that, oh, they would just continue as they did. Well, their second touchdown drive was a 39-yarder because of a silly interception from Spencer Petris. That never should have happened. And yeah, they had two drives of nine plays for 75 yards and 14 for 66. But 14 for 66 is not very efficient. It got the job done to get them 17 points. And that's where I also struggle. Is like Iowa's offense scored more points than any opponent Penn State has played so far this year. That is not talked about enough. And it just utterly kills me that the advanced stats hate Iowa so much, especially on offense. I don't know what to make of it. They score 23 points, and they went down 10 points, or 10 places in SP+. plus. I don't get it. It's so dumb. I need to go into kind of a truther argument, but ultimately, Iowa... Who's, who are you, like, do do we need to have a Dan Wolken discussion? Like, who is the second best team if it isn't Iowa? It's Iowa. They've played I mean, every team in front of people them. People are all about Kentucky and now. And 6 Like, Kentucky hasn't beat
0: anybody good. Florida's not good. People are all about, um, I mean, Wake Forest is undefeated. Um, people are all over. Um, Shoot, Harrison, we pauses for a second. I'm getting really bad feedback. Oh sure. Can you even hear me? Yeah. God damn it. I mean, they people wanna put Ohio State back in at number two, even though they even though they lost at home to a bad Oregon team. Now, you know, people are talking about Arizona State, who's already got one loss. People are talking about Oklahoma State, who I mean, kind of like Iowa, they're surprised nobody picked them to be undefeated this time, uh, this time this year, going into the season, but they're playing in the Big 12. You know, it is, and people want to put Alabama at two, obviously, you know, they just want to knock them down one for losing to a bad, bad BAD, bad A&M team. It's an A&M team that was on a two-game losing streak, losing to Mississippi State the week before, a horrible Mississippi State team, a Mississippi State team that threw the ball, I think, 80 times. Against AM. it's still only won by three points. So I don't understand like the arguments with the Wolkins and you know what? I'm I'm mad too because, and I'm I, I'm stealing this take from from Patrick Vint. Um, so I want to I don't want to plagiarize. I'm not a bad art friend, but he was talking about how you know there's always, and this is why I got, I'm into college football. There's this weird subsection or this subsection of college football where it's just like weird college football you know that is every day should be Saturday and Spencer Hall and and his team and that's bleached in and that's you know same has split zone duo with Alex Kirshner and Richard Johnson and the solid verbal with uh, Dan, uh, Ty Hildebrand and Dan Rubenstein and they all hate Iowa they all think I was a fraud they all don't they all don't think Iowa style of play is quirky or fun or weird they're all about um Cincinnati fucking shit up and they say, I mean, Georgia and Iowa's defense, it's, they're both suffocating, but they described it as, Iowa was sitting on you in a half, half Nelson for 60 minutes, and Georgia is like, uh, you know, a, a dragon coming, coming in breathing fire down upon you. It's like, they're still giving up less than, you know, two point two points of possession, um, or maybe even like, maybe even smaller than that. You know, it, it is so frustrating, you know, fucking the solid verbal, Dan picked Maryland as his lock of the week. Uh, against Iowa two weeks ago, and he picked and he picked Penn State to cover comfortably against Iowa this week. And you know, I, to to the to to to, to the shutdown forecast credit, they all Ryan Nanny and the rest of the crew poo pooed Spencer Hall when he's trying to say, you know, he he doesn't believe Iowa's real. And his whole argument is, well, oh, I don't like watching them. Well, guess what? We don't like watching them either. But. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bed we made and it is unquestionably good football and it is just so goddamn frustrating you know Stuart Mandel I think at the athletic he had Iowa in the Rose Bowl he put air I think he put Arizona State in the playoff over Iowa today like are you fucking kidding me absolutely and in- we don't watch the same sport I feel like I'm talking to Penn State fans we're not watching the same freaking thing it is insanity and I don't want to I don't want them breathing our air I just don't. Was it Mandel, I can never remember who the athletic guy is.
1: Yeah, it was Mandel, okay, and, okay. and it was totally asinine for. And was it, him to uh, and put, was it
0: Arizona State?
1: He did put Arizona State yeah. in there too, I believe. And it's it's insane because like when you're doing this, it part of its projection, right? And Michigan State is a team who hasn't played Ohio State, Michigan, and or Penn State, and you're passing them through as a number three team in your college football playoff, a team that couldn't get a frickin' first down against Nebraska at home until overtime in the second half. A game that Nebraska, as Nebraska does, pissed pissed away. Like, Nebraska, they make a living out of losing games. And Michigan State was the beneficiary of that. It, it's just crazy. I, 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 I. You made the point of of how everyone who loves weird football, otherwise, but when it's weird football about Iowa, oh no, that's a bridge too far. And and I'm I'm noodling on kind of a take for, um, for the blog, and it's like Iowa makes a living out of the. Parts of football games that people eschew, whether it's like, I mean, special teams. Now, special teams is having a renaissance and Penn State is a part of that. And they deserve a ton of credit for continuing to flip the field like they did against Iowa until they didn't. And then Iowa took advantage. But that's what Iowa does. Uh Mentioned my dad talking about how loud it was. He, he pointed out to me two or three games ago iowa sprints to the goal line on every single kickoff every single kickoff and it's incredible to watch because you never know when are they going to actually return a kick they're they're busting their they're busting their humps every single time and watch it it's crazy and they have starters out there they they value special teams like a true third leg of the stool and then you think about the offense right this is where I think because Iowa is so unique in how they structure everything around making the defense's job as easy as possible. Because if you make the defense's job as easy as possible, eventually it's gonna bear fruit. They and that's just not pretty. Like it's just not pretty. It's not pretty to be like, okay, we're fine with Tory Taylor having 40 punts. But do you know what? It means when Tory Taylor doesn't punt, or when Tory Taylor punts, Iowa's not turning the ball over. Uh, I did the math earlier today. They have five turnovers on 80 possessions. That's one out of 16. That's less than one a game. And it is genuinely incredible that Iowa has built around the the bits of football that people don't like and made a living out of it. And I'm kind of holding back, like the ultimate take, but it just it just blows my mind. And I think what is most frustrating is how none of it's chalked up to scheme, especially offensively. Like the fact that Iowa has five turnovers, and I would call three of them fluky. Right? I mean, the, your mileage may vary on the Ivory Kelly Martin fumbles but the, the Tyler Goodson one certainly was. Um, the two picks were bad, but Iowa, the way they run routes, the pl- pass plays that they throw most of the time, they're done with not turning over the ball as a part of it. They have Spencer Peters out there because he's got a cannon of an arm and he can make those stupid five-yard out patterns with ease. And whenever a ball hits the defensive back's hands – they're not used to catching passes as hard as Spencer Petras throws them. So they fall to the ground like so much of how Iowa has constructed the way they play football and the way they make their opponents play football. Cause it's not just Iowa playing football this way. They are able to get teams down into the mud. I, I, I said this take to, to Stoops, my ass. I'm like, if, if Iowa was forced to, completely overhaul their staff last year as a result of what happened, and they had a team playing football this way, this well, Iowa football would be lauded for how well they are playing the style of football that they're playing right now. Instead, oh, they're this quirky 6-0 team that just happens to be second because, oh, you know what? We overrated Indiana at the beginning of the year. We overrated Iowa State at the beginning of the year. Whose fault is that? Not Iowa's. Not Iowa's. We
0: could be like Mac Brown and blame the media <laughs> for not placing <laughs> high enough expectations on these Iowa Hawkeyes. At the beginning of your – you make a ton of great points there, and I want to ask, at the beginning you said, what, Michigan State was a beneficiary uh, or Nebraska was a beneficiary of, of Michigan State not getting the first down until overtime of that game or something. What has Iowa been the beneficiary of – that they didn't influence that they didn't cause what what lucky break has Iowa gotten this year
1: to me the luckiest break Iowa got this year was Indiana forgetting how to defend outside zone to the boundary and
0: that didn't that didn't affect the outcome but, of that game
1: no it really didn't though
0: that didn't I affect don't the outcome of that game we're maybe okay we're, it could be the bad. first
1: the first tip pick six that Riley Moss had, but like he was there because he was playing defense. Well, like, and he's right. a good defender.
0: And you're going back six weeks. Yes. To pull that too. You could say I was a beneficiary of Matt Campbell being an idiot. Okay. Like <laughs> that's no. not our fault. You, <laughs> I was a beneficiary of Sean Clifford getting hurt. Okay. Well, who caused him to get hurt? You, I was a beneficiary of, you know Spencer Petras, like you said, you know more. He should be throwing more picks. It's like, uh, you know, and uh, or I was a beneficiary of the Penn State tight end who dropped two. You know, who who had one one fine drop and one I think pretty bad drop in the fourth quarter. It's like I was only interception. In the game was off of a wide receiver drop, so like those cancel each other out and. <laughs> It's just absolutely, like, the, Iowa does everything you want a football team to do, like, perfectly. And they're being called lucky. They're being called boring. They're being called, I mean, I haven't heard the fake idea of college football yet, but that that's tired and old and lazy. It, it's so bad. And it's not, <laughs> like, even people are going to be revisionist history, and if Iowa makes it to the playoff, if Iowa wins the Big Ten, People are going to find any excuse possible to to not to cheer against Iowa.
1: Yeah, well, f- for the fake ID thing, I actually think Cowherd deserves credit for coming back a little bit on it. But it was only because Iowa State was talked up so much, and then Iowa put them in a headlock for more or less sixty minutes. But someone said, like Iowa is. If Iowa wins the national championship, people will just poop on it. You know what? Okay. Doesn't matter. Still a national championship. And I think like that's ultimately what I am looking at th- this as, is Iowa is using all of this as fuel. You see it in the social media posts from the official social media account where they're like, oh, not a fluke. Not a fluke, and it's not like I don't. I just don't know how Iowa can play defense so well and be viewed as a fluke. And that is half the game that plenty of teams do not focus on with the same the same philosophical tent poles that Iowa does. It's right there for you to do, everyone. It's not pretty, but I. Like, like, like I said, I'm noodling on kind of like a broader take as we approach the bye week. And, um, you know, ultimately, it's just, it, it cracks me up because Iowa's a fun team until they're crashing the party. Oh, well.
0: The take, one of the takes I'm angriest about today, and maybe we can stop. We'll probably keep on talking about the singer, but Chris Falca, the bear from game day, who, who I think is beloved. <laughs> <laughs> Up until this week for me, who was who was who was rushing to Dan Wilkins' defense yesterday about his asinine asinine, Iowa being number two tweet. Today he tweeted current strength of schedule for AP top ten and Iowa's at thirty four. So that's remaining strength of schedule strength of schedule, excuse me. Whereas like Georgia's at eighteen, Alabama's at seventeen, Michigan State's at seven. And he cherry picked the stat, Iowa at thirty four, because if it's just overall strength of schedule and the season started, Iowa was number seven. It's like, it's not our freaking fault, you know, I and it made more sense in 2015 when Iowa really didn't play anybody good. We played a ranked Indiana. It's not our fault they're on – it's partially – no, and it's partially our fault they're on ranked now. We played ranked Iowa State. It's partially our fault they're on ranked now. We mm-hmm. – um, Maryland, I mean, should have been ranked for being honest when, when we played them, but, and you know, now they dropped 60 spots in, in, in the power rankings because of – you know, they threw seven receptions to, or turned the ball over seven times. Penn State is now, what did they drop to?
1: Eight, I believe. Four okay. spots. Four or five. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's only, that's fine. And, you know, we're going to hopefully run the table and, you know, you, you play what your schedule has, but trying to revisionist history Iowa's schedule is absolutely insane.
1: Yeah, you can only play the teams you're scheduled to play when you're scheduled to play them. I believe I said that the very first or second week this year, and it's something I absolutely stand by. It is not... I mean, it is Iowa's fault in some way that they, they uh, you know, tore the mask off of uh, Indiana and Iowa State as if they were the Scooby-Doo crew, and they were the, the villain's... I'll cut you. You're. Uh, I. I can't remember what they always say at the end. These of the meddling kids. Yeah, Iowa is these meddling kids. Almost as good as the, uh, the defensive backfield being nicknamed the Doughboys. Maybe. Maybe that's what we need to do. We need to give Rob some Photoshop mm-hmm. for. Uh, mm-hmm. uh. Iowa being the Scooby Doo crew. Um. There was. See, here's the thing that also bugs me about rankings is like. And this is like a double-edged sword because, you know, as, as a gambling adjacent podcast at times, that's just the way it goes. But, like, the AP rankings are not a Vegas power index. And that that's my frustration with a take like Falikas is, like, yeah, that, that's what it should be if we're all talking neutral field. But you're not talking neutral field. You're talking. You're balancing what have they done versus how have they looked versus what they can do for the rest of the season. And like for me, Iowa's checked every box. Like f- truly, I-, I think as we sit here at the midpoint, um, every question. Excuse me. Every question that I had about Iowa has been answered in the affirmative. Now there, there are ones going forward as to, like, you know, uh, will Ferris still do weird things, and can Iowa just keep their nose to the grindstone? But I, it's just, I don't know. What what stone remains unturned for you, Benjamin?
0: In terms of what? and like, doubting and silencing the haters or...
1: Not silencing the haters, but silencing the hater within yourself about this Iowa team.
0: I'm a lover. I love everything about this team, other than maybe the quarterback play at times. But there is like if I I see no re if Iowa keeps on playing the way they've been played, I see no reason why they can't run the table over the regular season. I really don't know who will see. In the postseason, I don't know if I don't think we'll see Penn State again, but between Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, I think it'll be one of those three if we make it. You know, hopefully, make it to Indy, and if beating any of those three teams is going to be more. It should be more than enough. I can't imagine. So that'll be four. Yeah, four wins over ranked teams. When's the last time that yeah.
1: happened? Well, and. Probably a while. Uh, probably maybe two thousand nine. And before um, we get
0: to bo- and that's before we get the bowl season too.
1: Right. I I, th- I mean to to me you accosted me last week for that's a uh,
0: third of your schedule. That's a third of your schedule. Those wins of our ranked teams. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you accosted me last week for saying for even like positing a one loss Iowa into the playoff and like I, I received grief for that. It was appropriate. And I, I'm full-throated, like, just win every game. Win every game, leave nothing to chance. That's kind of Kirk Ferentz's motto is, hey, we go after what we can control. If you end the season 12-0, and you play whoever you play, and even if it is somehow Michigan State, They they're the team left standing because they probably, what would that take? That would probably take, like, all four of them to have two losses somehow. Um, maybe Penn State has three. Anyways, a thirteen and zero Big Ten team is getting into the playoff. Of that, I can assure you. And if that game's in Dallas, I will probably be there.
0: I mean, but yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm awesome. not gonna buy yeah, my tickets don't wanna... yet.
1: D- don't want to jinx it that much. That feels like a big mistake. Um. So as we think about the going forward Purdue what scares you?
0: You know here's what I said would have scared me is David Bell on Riley Moss because we've got loads and loads of film telling us why we should be scared of that but we got a depth chart today and Riley Moss isn't on it and I really wish he was, but we're not going to see David Bell and Ron Riley Moss on Saturday. <laughs> and, you know, obviously, of course, is Terry Roberts going to be a huge downgrade over Moss, who, you know, is leading the league, leading the country in interceptions. But, you know, at the same time, Terry Roberts is playing freaking incredible football when he's getting an opportunity to play regular snaps and then always, you know, he's a special, I don't think he didn't play, I don't think he played special teams at all. Uh, or at, once Robbie Moss got hurt, uh, he didn't play any special teams because they were saving him for defensive snaps uh, on Saturday. Um, other than that, like since this game is in Iowa city, I'm feeling a lot better. Really wish it was, a, it was an 11 AM and not a 2:30 game where we can just linger around and sit on our hands waiting for it to happen. But I don't really know anything about, this Purdue team just because, you know, they're not very good and I'm focusing all my energy in doxing Penn State blockers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that I am in kind of a weird position as an alum of Purdue and, and an avid non-watcher of Purdue football. I think I watched literally two snaps from the Oregon state game um, that I, I was surprised when I was looking at the Big Ten conference stats and was looking at, oh, who's got the best defense, the best scoring defense? Well, it's Iowa at 13 points, Penn State at 13.8, and then the Purdue Boilermakers at 15.4. So I think twofold, the things that scare me are, yes, the the unfortunate trope of Jeff Brom taking a – Uh, flamethrower to Iowa's defensive backfield, most notably Riley Moss in 2018. I'm still scarred from that. I can only imagine how Riley Moss feels about it, hopefully for the better. But I think the defense, which is led by George Karloftis, right? The defensive end, that to me is probably the most scary proposition because Iowa has really struggled from an offensive line perspective, especially on the outside. And even though Karloftis has, as I look at it, just a sack and a half, he's he's a a monster. Like the man has 20 tackles in, I mean, I guess it's just five games, but for context, that's the fourth leading tackler on Purdue. If we look at Iowa, let's see who Iowa's fourth leading tackler is. I bet you it is not a defensive lineman. Iowa's fourth tackler is Justin Jacobs, of all people. That's wild. Ooh. Iowa Iowa has their three linebackers is one, two, and four for uh, tackles. So, point being, this Karloftis guy, he he gets after it and... I'm concerned what it means for Iowa's pass protection and I'm especially concerned what it means to Iowa potentially being a one-dimensional outfit uh, because when they're one-dimensional and focused on the run, I think it's it's tricky for Iowa to get things moving as we saw against like Colorado State. Um, they, they pinned their ear back. They went after the run. Hawkeye game film had some good stats. were like, that was the worst game where Iowa was rushing on first down. Um, so multiple things concern me, but ultimately I, I think Iowa in, in a game where you just have to score the uh, one more point than the other team. I'm, I'm optimistic, I, even though I'm sad, I'll probably miss it due to a, a wedding this weekend. Uh, might be a good
0: one to miss. I, I, yeah, The one one thing not really Penn State, somewhat Penn State related, in my notes here, in my post-it notes from Pepe Silvia, I just have written in all caps, three-man rush. Because I have seen Spencer Petras get sacked by a three-man rush oh at least God. four times this year. Happened at least once against Penn State, maybe twice. And before this year, I'd never seen it happen before in all my years of watching Iowa football. And it is the most frustrating thing to see an Iowa offensive line five guys lose to three guys on during pivotal downs. Every down's pivotal when you're when you're sending a three man <laughs> rush and you're getting the quarterback. And I mean Karloftis was pretty much the consensus preseason Big Ten defensive player of the year, as far as I remember. I'm pretty sure I picked him to be D P O Y. And I mean it would really stink to see a defensive lineman be the reason why Iowa loses this game for f- the third time in four years.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It, no. The fourth time in five years, I think. Cause really? I was only, I was only one in 2019. They lost in twenty 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 eighteen 2018 and 2017. Yeah. You're right. I was,
0: so I was right three times in four years.
1: Oh, yeah. So it would be four times yeah. in five years. Uh, yeah. So oh, we are both right. So as we, as we have um, some I, – I, I guess I, I don't know how much more to talk about the Purdue game other than I, I think I'm appropriately scared for it. Because what else is there to be other than appropriately scared?
0: I mean, yeah. I'm scared for everything. Rest of the year, I'm scared – going to scare the Northwestern, even though Northwestern is as bad as they've been. We've always struggled against them. Wisconsin, they still looked really stinky against Illinois, but still freaking Wisconsin. Minnesota, they're falling apart. I think their backup running back is up for the season now too, Carr. Yeah, so they're kind of falling apart. And then Nebraska, I, I wrote today, I don't want to see Nebraska when they're facing bowl eligibility, bowl eligibility last game of the year. Again, what we, it's, uh, a running, yeah. it's a running joke that Adrian Martinez won't be the quarterback by then, but because of injury, not because of play, but it's still, nothing's, nothing's given in the sport and you don't, don't count your chickens.
1: No, that, that, that's absolutely the case. Nothing, nothing's a given at all. You mentioned our preseason predictions and there, there are some funny ones and, and you actually did not pick Carl Loftus. You and I both picked the one and only Jack Campbell. I, I have some uh, takes that I want to fire into the sun. Um, one being Brett Belama uh, being coach of the year. And I the other.
0: I, I tried to talk you off that ledge. So many times I I,
1: too. I I was down bad for him for seven games, and he's he's just. I can't stop. I can't stop. I'm just chasing my fake money on my accounts, just throwing it after Brett Bielema. Please win this, Brett. I know you can do it. You have it in you. And it's like, I'm like a father rooting for his son who can't fricking hit a baseball off of the tee. Uh, Maybe it's not his sport, but but maybe it's not his year. Also, the other other one I want to fire into the sun is uh, Jalen Berger, offensive player of the year from from Wisconsin, and I think that that, that is an incredibly just an all time bad take, an all time bad prediction. I was I thought Wisconsin was going to bounce back. Um, they have yet to bounce back. I think the only way that that could be have been a more absurd prediction as if I had predicted Graham Mertz to be the offensive player of the year. Jalen Berger who was let go from the Wisconsin football team, it should be mentioned. I, I can't believe how bad it was. And he wasn't I,
0: even wasn't even their starter day one, was he?
1: I, I didn't believe in Ches. Fair.
0: Who did I pick for offensive
1: player? Um you had ah, you had Tyler Goodson, <laughs> and you Ooh. had you had uh, Northwestern winning the West. Oh, here's another Ooh. one. You you had James Franklin as coach of the year.
0: That's still not totally. It. It's still I possible,
1: mean, especially especially if they win yeah, the East behind back. Roberson.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. That- There was, I guess there was one final take that we didn't talk about with the Penn State game that I totally forgot about, and it's the booing the injured players thing.
0: And I've been avoiding this. I didn't forget about it.
1: I just have to say, Iowa fans, we need to let go of what happened in 2011 in a game that Iowa lost by 16. Because I went back, I looked, that's when there were all the fake injuries from Michigan State. It was 2011. Iowa lost that game by 16 points. Let's let it go. Let's let it go. Let's not take it out on Penn State or their players, whether they're injured, fake injured, coached to take a breather if they're any level of injured because every other team that Penn State plays in the Eastern, in the East Division, is a high-powered team. So you don't want injured guys out there. I, I just... I. I it doesn't necessarily run me the wrong way. I understand where Iowa fans are coming from, but that game happened ten years ago.
0: I have a totally different take. I, Ooh. because I had forgotten about 2011. I was a good fan. <laughs> I I didn't remember. I didn't remember that that you know I knew D'Antonio did that, but it, I didn't think about that at all. I'm saying from the perspective one, of course they're going to boo opposing players like no matter uh, for any excuse possible <laughs> so that, that's my first one too that was like a four and a half hour game so when you go you go kickoff or if you go score commercial kickoff commercial run three plays then back to commercial for an injured player that stinks like so i'm booing uh, from that perspective of, oh let's yeah. get this freaking show on the road like Holy hell! And then, it happened. What five times? Five players got hurt, and I mean, Penn State's defense. I think only three returned. I mean, excuse me, only two returned. Of the, I, I
1: thought it. Yeah, I thought it happened like closer to seven times. Oh my god! And and there were. I mean, I think Penn St- I think
0: three guys got hurt or went out for the game.
1: Yeah, but there. But I think it was. I think it was like one the blogger and this is why i hated myself for getting onto black shoe diaries earlier today he broke it down he had five injuries three of them were legit right then two of them were ones where the player had been dinged up and how are iowa fans supposed to know if yeah they go exactly in oh in yeah in we're, we're
0: paying really close attention to your injury get like
1: the, yeah they get the nice little shoulder rub they feel better they're in two plays later i I get Iowa fans in that respect. And I, I think there were two more that went unmentioned conveniently. And I think as we open the podcast, as we'll close it, potentially, you know, Penn State fans just fighting the truth. And maybe I'm fighting the truth because I'm misremembering. But I I don't care about going back through and finding it out. And
0: they also, all, all of them happened after a big first down. They all, all, which Iowa was really hard to come by. And I realize I get, I'm on their team. It's like, Oh yeah. We're really trying to slow down the uptempo Iowa offense. I'm kind of with <laughs> you on that, but it doesn't matter. Like you still have to can see that there's a lot of momentum involved in the sport of football. And when you're stopping a team like Iowa after the the one chunk play, they're allowed per quarter. <laughs> then yeah, we're going to fricking boo you. Sorry.
1: Uh, and like, I, I and like also your...
0: don't, don't pretend like you wouldn't be doing the exact same thing. You're telling me 120,000. Fa- no, I'm, I'm saying Penn state fans. Oh, you yeah. tell you're telling me a hundred thousand fans in Beaver stadium wouldn't be booing that if that happened to them. And I'm on team fricking LeVar woods here. He's backing up his players. He's doing He's doing the thing that his players can't do. That's what a coach should be doing.
1: I, I'm trying to think. Like, it's hilarious that it was LeVar Woods, who I think is maybe as straight and narrow as anybody on this Iowa football staff. The one <laughs> pretending he, like, got shot on the sideline. If it were Brian, I'd be roasting him. That's all I have to say. So, credit to LeVar Woods for having such great uh, – I don't know for me having such great capital in LeVar Woods that he can get away with incredibly ridiculous behavior on the sideline.
0: Love it. I mean, I'm a huge fan. Give me
1: more. Well, Ben, we, we made it through this one's a little shorter because one, we had the, the after party slash after potty right, right away. Mm -hmm. But also we, we really battled through some, uh, crappy internet so sorry matt cable for having to Yeah, uh,
0: you're really earning together. your paycheck this week
1: <laughs> stitch together some hor- horrible work but uh you know uh give us a follow hd underscore star at twitter uh renboss 23 uh for my co-host any closing closing thoughts
0: um Penn State fans and even some Iowa fans are like, oh, I really hope we see you in the championship game, get another chance. No, fuck that. I don't want to watch that game again. I want to see anybody else from the East.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to my dad. I'm like, "I I think I want to see Penn State again because I think Iowa can beat Penn State again. And this was before the game. Oh. And I regret having that opinion. Anybody but Penn State, I think. Just because, you know, variety is the spice of life and Indianapolis needs plenty of spice to go with uh, uh, St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail, a dish I still don't understand for how popular it is because there is...
0: landlocked Indiana.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Landlocked Indiana, unless you're counting that little corner of uh, the Indiana Dunes. I don't. Yeah,
0: no, I don't. I I live near the Indiana Dunes, and I definitely don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, there it is, the pants party. I'll talk to you later, Ben. Goodbye.